Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, everybody. It is such a privilege to bring the word to you today. The title of our message today is Let Me Out, and this is part two. And we're going to talk about Joseph, who is in the Old Testament, and his life today. Genesis 41, verse 39 and 40 say this. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and of all of my people, and they are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Let's take a moment. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word today. Thank you for the opportunity to hear from you. Lord, we love you and we trust you and we trust your word today. And I ask God, would you just speak to every single one of us? Wherever we are, whether we're listening on a podcast or watching a video today, just speak to every single one of us the way that you know how to do. Lord, I pray for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit, God, to share and to impart what's in your heart and in your word today. Such a privilege, but I pray that what's in your heart will come through. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. To give you an idea of... um, what it was like to grow up around Joseph. I was thinking about, remember when you were in elementary or middle school and there was that kid who was super overconfident and who like carried themselves in a pretty obnoxious way and carried themselves in a way like they were already somebody and you're thinking, you're in like the third grade. You're like in the seventh grade. Like you haven't done anything yet. But you still had that sinking feeling when you're around that kid like, Someday they're going to be somebody, and we're probably going to call them sir or ma'am at some point in our life. That gives you a feel of what it was like to grow up around Joseph. Joseph was the favorite of all of his brothers. Um, Jacob was his father, who would later be called um, Israel. And uh, we find Joseph's story in the book of Genesis in the Old Testament, Chapters 37 through 47. This takes place before Moses. This takes place before the Jews are a nation. Um, And so we find Jacob having his 12 sons. And of course, like I said, Joseph is the favorite. He's so the favorite that he like Jacob makes him this special garment with many colors and puts it on him. It's basically special clothing for the favorite son kind of thing. And um, you can imagine that this was very annoying and upsetting to his brothers. Well, Jacob early, or excuse me, Joseph early in his life had a couple of prophetic dreams. He was a teenager and they were very obvious what these dreams meant. It meant that his brothers would someday bow down to him and that even his parents someday would bow down to him. And you can imagine how well this went over with his family. They couldn't stand it. And, uh, you know, Joseph's naive. He's sharing it with them. He's really excited about it. They're not very excited about it. And to say that his family was annoyed would be an understatement. Well, later on, his dad, Joseph's dad, Jacob, would send him out to check on his brothers who were shepherding. And the brothers, when they saw Joseph, they were so frustrated and so angry with him that one of his brothers says, you know what, let's kill Joseph. Let's just get it over with right now. They were so angry with him. But one of his older brothers, Reuben, stepped up and said, hey, 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 let's not kill him and have his blood on our hands. Let's go ahead and just like put him in a cistern. Right. And uh, then later on, 
His brother Judah would notice that some uh, folks were coming by, some Ishmaelites. He's like, hey, let's take Joseph and let's just sell him off into slavery. Let's not kill him. And so that's what they did. And they took Joseph's uh, garment of many colors back to his father. They had tore it up. They put goat's blood on it. And they basically went back and said, Joseph bought it. And he must have gotten killed by a ferocious animal. So uh, so you thought your family had issues, right? I mean, this stuff is in the Bible. I mean, it's crazy, you know, the stuff that's going on in this, these folks' lives. Well, Joseph's life continues, and he gets sold to a man named Potiphar, who was the captain of the Pharaoh's guard. Now, the Pharaoh would have been like the king of Egypt at that time, right? And so Joseph is sold off to Potiphar, and this amazing But very weird thing happens. Joseph has God's favor on him and everything that he touches is blessed. In fact, Joseph is so capable and so trustworthy that Potiphar puts Joseph in charge of his entire household. Now, it's this amazing and kind of weird thing because in the midst of all that's going on, you're being blessed. And of course, Joseph, you know, he's got to feel betrayed at this moment in his life, right? He's been betrayed by his family. He's got to feel isolated from his family. He's no longer with them anymore. And he's got to have that sense of, of loneliness going on inside of him. And talk about injustice. I mean, Joseph is really experiencing an injustice and at the hands of his own brothers. And talk about being somewhere that you didn't choose to be. I think Joseph is probably in the season of his life thinking, let me out, right? Like, let me out of all this. Like, I, I don't want to, this wasn't supposed to be part of the plan. This isn't what I was uh, expecting to happen in my life. It certainly wasn't part of the dream I had. This season in Joseph's life lasted 13 years. Think about that. 13 years of being separated from his family, 13 years of just feeling misunderstood and lonely and all of those kinds of things. Golly, I mean, we've been in quarantine and some kind of restrictions for three months, and I'm like, let me out. I can't imagine what 13 years must have been like for Joseph. Well, then a a bigger problem surfaced for Joseph, and that problem had a name, and it was Potiphar's wife. She started throwing herself at Joseph, and he, as a good man, refused her, didn't want to have anything to do with it. But she persistently asked Joseph to go and sleep with her, and he consistently just refused. And then finally, one day, she catches him by his cloak and demanded from him that he come and sleep with her. And Joseph did what every good man should do. He ran. And, um, but she, unfortunately, had a hold of his cloak. And he ran, and Joseph went, but the cloak stayed. And she decided that she was going to accuse him of raping her. So she makes this false accusation. And of course, Potiphar, her husband, feels like, you know, now you've betrayed me, Joseph. And so he has Joseph thrown in jail. So after 13 years of wonderful service and honorable service, he was there unjustly. And now unjustly, he's going to be thrown in jail. And again, this amazing but very weird thing happened. Joseph had God's favor on him and everything he touched was blessed. In fact, he was so capable and so trustworthy that the warden put Joseph in charge of the entire jail. Again, talk about betrayal. 
Talk about isolation. Talk about feeling lonely and talk about knowing what it is to have injustice happen to you and talk about being somewhere where you didn't choose to be. And I'm sure again in jail, Joseph is saying, let me out. This is not part of the plan. This is not what I saw in the dream. Why is all of this happening? And we know that this season lasted at least two years. Let me speed up the story for you a little bit. In jail, uh, Joseph meets two men. One of them is the cupbearer to the king and the other is the baker for the king. Both of them had dreams and Joseph was able to interpret both, both of their dreams. The cupbearer, he said, listen, what your dream means is that in three days you're going to see the king. He's going to let you live and you're going to be restored to his service. Looks at the baker. The baker's like, now give me my you know, interpretation. He says, well, in three days you're going to see the king and he's going to kill you. And that's exactly what happened. And, of course, Joseph did one thing before they went. He told the cupbearer, he says, listen, remember me when you are restored and please tell Pharaoh about me. Right. Just do this one thing. Well, everything that Joseph said happened, <laughs> the one thing Joseph asked did not happen. The cupbearer somehow just forgot about Joseph and forgot to plead Joseph's case to Pharaoh. However, two years later, guess who has a dream? Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream and no one can interpret it. And so uh, the cupbearer goes, by golly, I know someone who can interpret your dream and gets Joseph in front of the Pharaoh. So Joseph goes before the Pharaoh and he says, listen, the meaning of your dream is that you're going to have seven years of prosperity and plenty. And then you're going to have seven years where you're going to have this famine. So you need to start saving now. You need to start getting ready now. And this amazing. And now I guess you would say less weird thing happened. Pharaoh decides, well, yeah, I do need someone for this little project called, you know, saving us all from famine. And saving the country. And uh, this is what he says in Genesis 41, verse 39, Pharaoh speaking to Joseph. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all of my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So it's pretty wild, this life story. Now, I just told it to you in a matter of minutes, right? But we know that this is at least 13 uh, plus 2, so 15 years minimum of Joseph's life, of being in Potiphar's house, of being in jail, and then finally getting before Pharaoh. And here's the irony of it all. The point of all this was not the position of second in command to Pharaoh alone. The point of this was that Joseph was positioned to save his whole family from the famine. You see, Joseph's brothers would come back. They would come to Egypt and they would bow down before him. Remember the dream? Bowing down before him. And Joseph would end up providing food and land and all the provisions that his family needs. Now, i got to tell you, there's a whole sermon or series of sermons that we could preach about the forgiveness and what's happening in Joseph's life. And I don't want to make light of it because it's a, a, a huge part of this story, but it's not exactly where we're going today in today's message. I want to go back to the dream. And I want to ask the question, why did God give Joseph the dreams of his family bowing down to him? Was it? To demoralize him, 
so that when he's in Potiphar's house or he's in jail, that he would feel even worse, like just demoralized by having these dreams? Was it to confuse him and to throw him off or so that he could be disillusioned in life? I certainly don't think so, because that's not in the nature of God. Those dreams that God gave Joseph, they were there to sustain Joseph, not to frustrate him. I think that's really important because sometimes we get dreams and we get these ideas and things that God puts in our own heart. And then we we start to wonder, why am I not seeing what I saw in the vision or the dream or in the thing that God planted in my heart? You see, when the limitations came off of Joseph's life, the limitations of being in the cistern, the limitations of being in Potiphar's house, the limitations of being in the jail, um, or I, I said that wrong, I apologize. When the limitations were on his life of being in the cistern, of being in Potiphar's house and of being in jail, the whole time Joseph did what he could where he could. And God blessed him even in those really weird seasons. See, I think sometimes we find ourselves in seasons of limitations, quarantines, social distancing, maybe seasons of our life that weren't part of our plan. And I want to ask you today, are you doing what you can, where you can? You see, wherever Joseph was, he applied himself. He just did what he knew to do, and the favor of God was upon him, and he was blessed. And he flourished in the environment that he was in. He flourished in an environment that he would not have chosen for himself. You ever been somewhere you didn't really want to be? God can bless you in that place. I want to ask you again, are you doing what you can where you can and positioning you in a place where you can meet with God and have his blessings and see him work even in the weirdest situations. Because the reality is the dreams that God gave you, they should be working for you. They, they shouldn't be frustrating you. They shouldn't be creating confusion in your life. They should be giving you hope and vision for the future that God has for you. I know in the season that we're in right now as a church where, uh, you know, we're not able to meet in the physical building the way we want to, although a lot of our life groups are now. And it's just so exciting to have those small groups able to meet in person and all of that. But, you know, we've been in these these seasons of of, um, being restricted and being confined and not being able to do what we want to do. And, you know, still we have dreams, right? Like as a church, one of the dreams that God's given us is to. Build a larger building. Well, you know, I've actually allowed that to give me even more hope about the season that we're in because I know that it's not going to last. I know that it's not going to be forever because I know that God doesn't give us those dreams to frustrate us. He gives us those dreams to help see us through. I was uh, talking with my son, Ethan, this past week, and he's entering into his senior year. Talk about the end of a weird year of school and going into his senior year. But you know what we were doing? We were talking about, all right, let's start making plans for college after high school, right? Let's start looking ahead and planning for what's ahead and allowing the dreams and things that God has put in our heart to work for us rather than against us. I want to ask you that question again. Are you doing what you can, where you can? I want to encourage you just in every opportunity to lean forward. I realize that there are boundaries sometimes that we can't control and there are situations that we would not choose ourselves. But 
it doesn't have to define you. And it doesn't have to be the end of the story. You can still do what you can, where you can, and you can still have your eye on the future and what God has for you. The other reason that God gave Joseph these dreams that he did was that he wanted Joseph to have the courage to take action when that strategic moment in time came to pass. When Joseph's brothers, all those years later, would show up at his feet and bow down, he want, God wanted Joseph to be ready for that moment. He wanted Joseph to be ready to forgive his brothers. He wanted Joseph to be ready to provide for his brothers who had um, treated him so poorly. And Joseph has the courage in that situation to do all the right things, all the things that God had put in his heart so many years before. I know for me, I, I want to be ready for when those moments come. I want to have the courage to act when those moments come. Um, I want to um, pray for you today. I want to pray that you will be ready for what's ahead. I think we're in a season where everybody wants out. Everybody wants things to go back to normal. Everybody wants to change things. And you know what? Things are going to change. They're going to change. But the question is, are you doing what you can, where you can? And are you leaning into God? And are you remembering the things that God has put in your heart? Because I know that God has given you dreams and he's given you hopes and he's given you things in your heart for your future. And I want to remind you of those today. I want to ask you, would you dust those off? God didn't give those to you to frustrate you. He gave those dreams to sustain you. And he gave you those dreams so that when the moment comes that you'll have the courage to walk in it. And so I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Today, if, if you're listening and maybe you're in that place where you need more of God in your life, you're you're ready and you realize that I, I just need to put my life into God's hands and I need to find out what that means. Or maybe you've walked away from the Lord. Maybe you've walked with him in the past, but you're not walking with him right now. And it's just time to come home. I want to encourage you today to just pray a simple prayer, to just pray, say, God, I put my life into your hands and, and to say, Jesus, I thank you for the cross and I thank you for paying for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I just I need a new start today. I want you to know if you're if you pray that prayer in your heart today, God's going to hear that prayer and um, and he's going to give you a fresh start because he loves you. That's you today, and you're just making a decision to come to God, maybe making a decision to return to God. Uh, we want to be there for you and want to walk with you. Would you go to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps? I would love to hear from you, and we just want to, again, be there for you. Now I want to take a moment and pray for everyone, and just pray that in this season, that where we all want to get out, and we all want to be able to do all that we can, that God will bless the dreams and the visions and the things that are in your heart and that they will be a blessing to you, not a frustration to you. And also pray that God will show you all the ways that you can do what you can, where you can in the moment and have his favor on you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. God, we have taken this very extensive story and we've condensed it into just a few moments today. But God, there's value in it, in seeing that whole and allowing it to be an inspiration to us. 
And I pray today for those who especially have been discouraged and been frustrated. Maybe folks who've just kind of questioned even some of the hopes and dreams and things that are in their heart. If, if God, it's even you or if it's something that's in your heart. And if that I pray for that person today, God, I pray that they would see the hopes and the expectations that come in their heart, not as the thing to frustrate them. But God is the thing to inspire and sustain them. And God, you are the one who inspires and sustains us. So God, just breathe over those dreams and breathe over those hopes. And Lord, just help people to look forward, even in the midst of feeling the restrictions. God, I thank you for that today. I pray, Father, that in our day to day, God, would you just let a fresh wave of creativity and a fresh wave of hope and a fresh wave of just being able to say, here's what I can do and when I can do it. And here's what I'm able to do in this moment. And God, I just pray your favor upon families. I pray your favor upon them, Lord God, financially, Lord God. I pray favor upon them in their relationships. I pray favor upon them in their work. I pray favor upon them in their mind, in their heart, their spirit, Lord God. We thank you, God, for your great love for us, Lord God. And I just ask you, God, to bless these households today and to pour out your spirit upon them and let there be fresh hope, fresh hope. And I pray, God, that when the moment comes where we need to have courage to do the things that you put in our heart to do, that we be ready for that moment, prepared for it and ready to act, ready to step in, God, to the things that you have for us. God, you're a good God with good plans for us. We love you and honor you in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.